Yo, what's up? Welcome to Two Season a Pod Podcast presented by Macedonia Baptist Church. We're the hostess with the mostest, Chris Lindsay and Dr. G. Gravening. Or C. Gravening. <laughs> yeah, doctor. No, not doctor. The great doctor, Reverend. The uh, master the of the divine. master of the divine. That is that is a title. I guess, isn't it? Yeah. Master Does that of the mean, divine. Am I, do I literally have... Am I a master of the divine? You're the master of the divine things. You're about to be master of the divine. I am about to be a master of divine things. You got a rough semester, though. Though I don't feel like I'm a master of any (laughs) divine things. Yeah, me neither. Um, As a matter of fact, it makes me feel like I know less than I did before. Right. Yeah, because now, and and those who've been to seminary and kind of know, you learn a lot of... You learn a lot of things. You learn some church history. You learn theology. theology. You learn how to preach, what church is supposed to look like, and counseling. Yeah, you you learn some good stuff, but you don't learn how to use it. Right. It's the it's the knowledge without the wisdom. Sometimes. Right. There are some wisdom points. I think some of when you get kind of when you get through those, I like those good discussions you would get with professors. Sometimes in class they would get some good wisdom. Um, yeah, I don't kind know of what that looks it. like. You don't. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're mostly online. That's yeah. the hard part. That was the good part of being on campus for a good portion of my. I education. email my professors and they, they don't, don't ever email me back. So I tell you, it's slackers. They're probably like this idiot. This is a simple question to answer. But you get that sometimes in your hybrid if you get a good professor and they kind of yeah, like, like my boy Milioni over there at Open Door Baptist yeah. in Raleigh. Uh, really had a really good hybrid with Dr. Ecker and Dr. Mm-hmm. Uh, McKinnon. Yep. They answer some good questions. Yeah, but that's always fun when you get to kind of sit around and talk and then oh, talk yeah. about ministry and stuff. That's really, that's like my favorite parts of ministry. I, my first hybrid. My first hybrid was horrible, Chris. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely horrible. We, we sat in class and the professor, so hybrid weekends are composed of Friday you get there at 12, 12 to 9, and then uh, Saturday morning you start at 8 and you go to 5. Mm-hmm. Of course, you have right. dinner breaks and lunch breaks, mm-hmm. um, but that first hybrid I did was in my uh, Christian Theology 2 class, and all it was was people submitting questions mm-hmm. the week b- before mm-hmm. and the professor just answering the questions oh. for how what, nine hours one night and, and then, then whatever same thing yeah nine yeah. hours nine or ten hours the next day and it was just it dragged I'm sure and, and he and sometimes uh, I've only had two professors keep us there till the five o'clock on uh, Saturday, Saturday. Mm-hmm. and he was one of the oh. two professors because he wanted to answer all the questions that they had and some of them were good questions but some of them weren't good questions. Mm-hmm. You know when they say there's no bad, there's no such thing as a bad question. That's not true. That's there not are true. some bad questions. Right. You're trying to be nice, but sometimes you can ask a stupid question. Yeah. I know that sounds really ungracious, but I ask really stupid is. questions all the time. Yeah, I do too. But it, it was, it was by far my, the worst hybrid class I've mm-hmm. ever had. Um, One of my hybrids um, when I did it when I moved to Georgia, I did a few hybrids, and I did a uh, one of them was very class project based so you had to like get together with your group and then put a 
project together. That's I'm, that's just not me, man. I'm that not. was a, I, I'm glad you said that. That was the other time. It wasn't full questions, but we had to debate each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we broke up and uh, into groups. And, and my topic was I had the uh, affirmative of God cannot be real because there's evil in the world. So I had to argue for, for that, that for that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other team, it was four of us on the that side and the other four on the other side. Mm-hmm. And we had to argue, uh, the other side had to argue against that, saying that, no, we the problem of evil is not God, it's us. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to say the problem of evil is God, and that, right. that shows that God's not That's real. It. Right. Um, <clears throat> and it, it, was, it was good information I learned, but... Two of the guys in my group, one was from China and didn't speak really good English, oh, okay. but uh, him and another guy argued the opposite position <laughs> than we were arguing. And I, I argued it good. You know, yeah. I, t- I took the full atheistic pr- approach. Went after it, I, I went after it, and uh, they were asking, what did you think about the debate? And uh, at the end, it was always that same question. And... They, uh, one of the girls said the guy got up there talking about me and he seemed very angry uh-huh. when he was yeah. voicing his opinion. That's, yeah, that's a good tactic because that's what they often they use. Yeah, and so it was... Uh, you it were was, full on. Dude, I I rolled with it. I felt horrible. Like I, had to, like, I had to repent. You had to like, go at, yeah. take a shower. <laughs> 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 I felt absolutely horrible because, you know, I'm sitting there blaspheming my God that I believe in. Right, right. For this project. Mm, that's tough. Yeah, everyone else had, like, Trinity stuff. Easy stuff. Was, yeah. it, but. I did that one class. I had to do, uh, argue for that. What was my, my position was that baptism... Um, I think it was baptism by immersion is not is not. You had to argue that it wasn't the only mode of baptism. Okay. So I had to. I had to. It was just me though. It was me versus another guy. Was okay. Project. It was in Doctor Wade's class. I probably would have rather done something like that yeah, when it, it was, was just one on one. Yeah. Um, but that was a on campus class. So I had time to do that over over time instead of over one weekend. So. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, these people are probably like, "This is really boring." I don't care what you all did in hybrid and seminary. No, it's good stuff though. They should they should care. They should care. This is what your cooperative dollars are going. That's to. that's exactly right. <laughs> this is what your CP dollars are going C- to. Us arguing for positions we don't hold to. Yeah. yeah, it's good learning. Good learning. Yeah, absolutely. But we get out of with the master of the divine things have no clue what's going on. Right, right. <laughs> we open scripture and go, man, I just I did not know that. Like every week, <laughs> every I week. like study. I'm like, man, I did not see that. Hashtags things they didn't teach us in seminary. I was reading today. In um, what was I reading? I was reading. Um, oh, I was reading that book. I was reading the the serpent and the serpent slayer. Yeah, which is really good, by the way. Uh, that's a good resource, by the way. Uh, just a little plug in there. And it's by... Don't have the book in front of my hand. It's a biblical theology book. Short short studies in biblical theology. Uh, Serpent and the Serpent Slayer. Can't remember the author off the top of my head. Yeah, but anyway, there's always one... like So one of my things that, as I've been coming into the kind of seeing the Old Testament through a christ Center uh, perspective, 
one of my questions has always been one of the areas of scripture where like you guys how does this point to Christ because sometimes you read and you're like okay how does that point to Jesus um there's one today that I've often used to kind of think through that like how, how does that point to Christ and you know the uh, I guess you say how do you say Jael or Jael uh the the woman judge mm-hmm. in uh judges Okay. And puts the tent pole uh, peg, pegs the dude, the uh, the commander's head into the into it. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Like the yeah. woman just like puts his, drives his, drives that uh, tent pole into his head. Um, the woman, the seed of the woman, mm-hmm. crushes the head of the enemy, the seed, the uh, serpent. Some good stuff. So it was a picture of the. Uh, the seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent or the enemy of God's people at that point. That's mm. a good one. Anyway, I thought that was good. So, so, so you're not supposed to be like the girl? <laughs> yeah, we don't need to go. Probably women don't go around um, stabbing tent pegs, put tent pegs <laughs> into uh, dudes' heads. Um, <laughs> anyway, I thought that was a good one. So, and I like that's that's when stuff clicks like that and you start seeing stuff like that. Sometimes you wonder is it taking it too far or not? Yeah. I thought that was a pretty because it's God's, it's judges, it's God's people dealing with their enemies, and the judge comes into the liver, so you get a, uh, this woman just. So, uh, what's the difference between biblical theology and systematic theology? Oh, that's a great question. Good one. That's a good one. Um, so, systematic, I think, if I understand correctly, is systematic is taking a particular subject. Um, so, for example, usually ever systematic theology begins with. Depends on the, the the theology, but either starts with God or starts with or prolegoma. Is that how you mean it? How do we do? How do we theology? do theology? But they usually the two introductory subjects are either God Himself or the Word. Mm-hmm. So you're beginning with the Word, or anyway. So you so the study of um, what does the Bible is bibliology. It's right. kind of a fancy word, and the study of God is theology proper. Mm-hmm. Then you've got some other things. So you've got these ecclesiology, study of the church, soteriology, study of salvation. So you get this topic, and then you kind of break it down through all the verses of Scripture that kind of relate to that, right? Mm-hmm. So they kind of bring a theology together. Uh, I won't say it's necessarily divorced from a whole biblical worldview. If you do it right, you should be seeing it throughout the whole Bible, right? But histor- uh, biblical theology tends to take a theme in how it runs throughout Scripture, Kind of, am I? Would, they, would you say that? Affirm yeah, that? I, I would. I would affirm that, but I would also say multiple things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So you start in Genesis chapter one, right? And you grab onto these themes as you're reading through from the mm-hmm. beginning to the end, right? And and roll with that, right? Because you start with the seed of the woman, yeah, right, and then it kind of turns into which is both and, and then you get another seed like fruitful mul- multiply, right? Before, yeah, uh-huh. and you can see that we we right. saw that this past week mm-hmm. in uh, Exodus. You see it in Genesis. Um, few places in genesis um it's noah and then you see it um babylon right before Mm -hmm. that tower of babel things like that you can do a biblical theology on covenants yeah Mm -hmm. following covenants throughout scripture Mm -hmm. um biblical theology biblical theology of death death um yeah Mm -hmm. stuff and and it watching the flow throughout all the scripture I personally like biblical theology better than systematic theology. I think they both have their place, but I think I'm really attaching on to biblical theology lately because I'm seeing especially the book I just read about um, 
the Messiah, the Messianic Adventures of the Pentateuch, uh, another resource, by the way. It's a that him building the what the Pentateuch's uh, vision of the mess, Messianic vision, but taking all these themes and motifs of seed throughout has been really super helpful to see that. Um, like snake, the one I'm talking about, the serpent. So you're mm-hmm. seeing a lot of serpent motif throughout scripture. So you see Pharaoh. I'll talk about this when we start getting a little further into Exodus some more. But Pharaoh uh, typically has a serpent headdress um, and was very attached to the serpent motif. So enemy. Um, and then like serpent in um, n- numbers, the serpents. God's people wanted to go back to Egypt, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so God sends serpents to remind them. Right. Like, this is what you want to go back to. And then they repent. And then what does Moses do? He lifts up the serpent, uh, puts it on the pole, right? And Moran's to look at that, look at the serpent and live. Mm-hmm. And then that points ultimately to Christ. Jesus. Jesus yeah. says, you know. Jesus says that was I that pointed to me. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's good stuff. But yeah, that's the difference. Sweet. Um, you got anything else to add to that? I I do not. That was that was all I had. My brain is gone. Your it's brain gone. is gone. You we do have a night tonight. We got a big old yeah, night. We've coming. got a big night coming, and then you've been gone, and I've been like studying. So you like I wasn't distracting you, so you were in. And I was just from brain just is in, like looking at Jude, contending mm, for Jude the faith. Good stuff. Oh, it's been great. Looking at Galatians, mm. then uh, reading. What is that book called? It's up here. Uh, what's that called, Chris? The, the Loveliest, Loveliest Place. Place. Ooh, another great resource. We're just naming yeah. off. Loveliest Place, by the way, very good. Very good. It's I've I've enjoyed it so far. I'm reading it as a devotional. Mm-hmm. Um, doing that, I'm walking through Christ-centered exposition, exalting Jesus in Galatians mm-hmm. as a. Uh, devotional resource you're just doing all the devotional things i am just devoting yourself to the Devo- divine divine things because i'm about to be a master, master of it divine. you know <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing devotionally so right now I'm, um my normal scripture reading i'm in proverbs currently and in second corinthians and then um i'm walking reading that book so i finished loveless plays like you're reading i finished that and now I'm reading that serpent. Uh, those are, well, it depends on the chapter, but I'm trying to read through that. So I try to do a little bit easier to read, more devotional, but that I guess that's more theology, but it's not super complicated. It's a nice short little book about that. So I kind of finish the book and then try to go a little bit more, uh, if it was Eugene, my boy Eugene. Your boy, your boy cheese bags. My boy cheese bags. <laughs> As they all have probably all figured out. I love this in Eugene. Yeah. But anyway, that's, I think we that's all right. We can fanboy over some. We can fanboy over some people. You, what do you? Who do you fanboy over? Nobody anymore. You don't fanboy anymore, right? No, no. Maybe, maybe some Dever. I like, I like Mark Dever's preaching. I kind of fanboy over Stott when I'm doing some. Yeah, I, I like Stott. I don't, I don't have a favorite anymore. You don't have a favorite. Mm, no, I. What's wrong with you? Not like John Piper, or he is like obsessed with Jonathan Edwards. No, I and and I I do desire to have like some that, like that person, somebody that in, in history that I can go to. Which I've got Owen's Hebrews works. I got all the works of John Knox. I've got some. You got some you're, you're you're Puritan fanboy kind of. You got a yeah, bunch. I've got I've got a Puritan fanboy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I like me some Thomas Goodwin. He's just hard to read. Like John, a lot, a lot John Owen is hard to read. Oh, very hard to read. Um, 
But maybe I just have, I guess I have a certain person, uh, not person, but not not a certain person, but a group of people. Yeah, a group of people. Uh, I like the Puritans. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, I don't have anybody to latch on to yeah. right now. Yeah. I think once school's over That's with, right. I, I'll try to find me. I, I do want to eventually read through all my Thomas Goodwins. All my John Knox, all my John Edwards. That's a lot. That's like looking at yourself. That's a lot of stuff. So I'll just I'm I may start doing those as devotionals. Read two or three pages a day. Woo! Yeah. And you probably don't get through two or three pages. Like, what do you say? What do you say? Right. I can't. I can't. Can't. Read I just that. need to discipline myself because sometimes I get lost so bad. I'm like, I don't know where I'm at, and this oh, is not beneficial to me. I can't moment. read that at the coffee shop. Oh yeah. Wait, uh, and I pointed at my Thomas Goodwin stuff because I've read through the resources um, many times. But uh, if if I'm sitting here at my desk reading, and you start talking to Rachel, that's mm. it; it's gone. Yeah, I heard that. Like if I talk to anybody, you just I, I can. So it, I I like to have silence when I read. It's hard for me to read over at the house. Mm-hmm. Um, Hey, let let me phrase it this way. I I read at a decent speed, mm-hmm. but if someone's talking, I have to slow that speed down sure. to reading. No, it's almost as if I'm reading now a man from the house of Levi. Right. It's almost as if I'm reading that slow at that right. point. Mm-hmm. But normally, I can read one page a minute mm-hmm. yeah. and and get through it and understand it if I have complete silence. That's tough. It is. And you, you, need to go, you need to go out to go find yourself a place where nobody will bother you. No, I can't do it outside. Mm. Cards go by. Distraction. I mean, I mean, like an actual like cabin out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So if I if I ever decide to write a book, mm-hmm. that's what I'm gonna yeah, do. Yeah, just have to go and just take all the books with me, lock myself in the cabin, take off my shirt. And get to writing. <laughs> I like the ad that that added in the take off the shirt part. Right. I, well, honestly, it's cumbersome. It's, it's, it's distracting. It's distracting. It, it's it's tight. It's, it's tight. Well, you notice I take off my shoes when I'm in here uh-huh. because I can't stand the shoes being on my feet. Like even if I've got, even if it's cold and I'm not rocking my Crocs or my flip flops, like. You're taking. I'm taking those shoes off. I'm walking around sock footed. Maybe I'll take my socks off. Oh. You never know. Well, you never know. Until you I'm walk not, in I'm here and smell me, it. Me, like, you, uh, yeah. <laughs> Mine's all bad. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm more, yeah. Not when I'm in the office, but usually when I'm at home, I'm pretty quick to. People like sleeping socks. What's wrong with y'all? What's wrong with y'all people? Y'all, y'all sleep with socks on? I'm looking at the mic directly at you. Right? <laughs> do you, do you, do you sleep with socks on? What's wrong with y'all? What's wrong with you? My wife's going to listen to this and go, shut up. I can't even sleep with a shirt on. I can't either. No. Yeah, I'm a, I'm shirtless, sockless. I have everything else on the door. Anyway, it's getting a little. Uh, we're getting a little. Yeah, we're 20 minutes in and just rabbit trailed all. Hold that's on. okay. That's all right. They're probably quit after like we were halfway through yeah. our seminary stuff. Like they're, they're done. So. Uh, you made it this far. Congratulations. Congratulations. Here's you a, made it. Here's a prize. Here's the prize the, is you. Uh, I don't know. Prize is another resource for you. I'm trying to look. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on my bookshelf. We uh, have resources, by the way, at the church. Yeah, so we have Gentle and Lowly. We have what was the, uh, the Rediscover Church? Rediscover Church. We only have one person come after it. Yeah. Uh, we got them. We'd love to give them away. 
Come love on. to give resources. All you me. have to do is come into the office. It's like, I, give free. me that this isn't even, like This isn't even the No for. strings attached. You don't even have to talk to I us. I like your BDD classes where you have to pay for them books. Just just slip us a piece of paper and say, give me a book. Like You don't even have to talk to us. Yeah, that's it. Like If you don't want to talk to us, it's fine. But just say, hey, I want a book. And then I'll slip a book under the door and you don't even have to see my face. Right. You don't even have to see our face. Just <laughs> paper under the door. We'll kick the book under the door. And then we'll say, bye. And you'll say, don't care. <laughs> No, just kidding. Um, now we got plenty. If you want to read something, um, yeah, we can, we can hook you up. You can borrow one of our books. You just bring it back, please. Yeah. You're welcome to borrow any of mine, and honestly, I forget who I give them to. Yeah. And then I'll just buy another one later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to read a good Thomas Goodwin book, um, I know The Heart of Christ in Heaven, mm-hmm. which that's what uh, Gentle and Lowly is based off of. Okay. It's some good stuff. I would, yeah, I would, I would probably go with let them go on gentle and lowly first. Right, but if if you if you good. want if you want to like bash your head in, with <laughs> try to read some really good stuff. Uh, Thomas Goodwin's good the stuff. man for you. The man for you. Mm. All right, well, cool. Well, let's talk about Exodus yeah. with the nine minutes and nine minutes left we have that we have left. What do you have for us today? I don't know. You uh, you uh, you're the host, my dude. You I'm the ask host. The question. Hey, okay, so um, what does it mean that they uh, multiplied? Um, they were fruitful and love. They procreated. They procreated. Yep. Why do you think, the, we talked about this, why do you think the stress uh, and the oppression of the Pharaoh made them multiply more? Because God, God, because, I mean, I mean, I said it on Sunday. I mean, God just kind of, I mean, they did it. I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Can your face turn the red a little, a little bit. Red. I mean, y'all know what it is. You know what procreation I'm just, is. I'm just saying. I, I can't answer that other than I know that God uh, blessed them and were fruitful and multiplied. What was the significance of them casting the sons into the Nile? Why the Nile? So the Nile was a, and I don't know if I said that song, so it might be a good question. Um, it is a good question anyway, regardless. Um, the Nile was seen as a river of life and death to them. So Egyptians rely on the Nile, uh, whether, and, and I think we learned in our, back in elementary school, middle school, whenever we learned our world history, high school, that the Nile was essential to their living. And it was the rising and the, the falling of the Nile indicated the fruitfulness of the land because that's, everything else was arid. So you've got, that's where they grew their crops in the Nile. So it's significant that um, this place that, Dependent on them, the life and death, that they're going to throw them into the Nile uh, to save their own skin. They believe that by throwing these babies in there, that they're going to uh, keep the Israelites from 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 uh, destroying them or from leaving. So uh, that's why, uh, and it would be significant that this is a river of life and death. So uh, it could mean death for them if they don't, if the waters aren't uh, plentiful there. Or it can mean life if it is plentiful. So I think that's it. We we also talked about for a couple of minutes last week about the boys, uh, the sons. Every son that is born to the Hebrews shall cast into the Nile, but you shall let every daughter live. Mm-hmm. How long was it before they noticed that it was a son versus a daughter? Yeah, so it could have been months. I mean, they don't they don't dress 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 their kids up in in. Blue and blue pink. and pink. Which even when you dress your kid in blue, 
And they, yeah, they got, still good. Oh, that's a beautiful yeah. little girl. Like, yeah, like they very I've clearly. Done it. I've done it. Instead of girls that look like boys. Oh, that's a that's a that's a you got it's a uh, cute boy. <laughs> okay, like flowers all over them, right? Oh, well. um, but yeah, they didn't. They didn't have that culture of differentiating between boys and girls um, at that time. So it could be months before they finally start realizing, or even longer than that, before they start realizing, oh, those aren't aren't boys. Those are boys. Those aren't girls. And at that point, they're not going to kill them. Uh, Pharaoh, as evil as he is, they weren't going to. They wanted, he wanted to kill the children kind of underhandedly, you know, and, and behind the scenes wanted to stop their, their growth. So, um, but yeah, that would be why. So with the stopping of the growth, uh, we, we see two females uh, hop on the scene and uh, instead of wanting kids to die, they decide to lie and say, uh-huh. hey, we, we... Or did they lie? Did so that's they? The okay. We All right. Let, let's, let's think through, did, did they lie? It was lie? deceptive for sure. Did they lie? And uh-huh. if they did lie, was it a lie? Was it a lie? Was, was it, it a sin? Was it a sin? Yeah. So... All right, so let's establish. Well, I guess we can talk about both ways. Right. Well, let's talk about is so. Let's talk about the question of lying. Is lying in every instance sin? I would say uh, if if you were hiding Jews during Nazi Germany, and they knocked on your door and said, "Are you hiding Jews?" Mm-hmm. and you said no, the classic ethical question. The classic ethical question. I would say no. That is not a sin. Okay. Preserving humanity, preserving the good of others over... Because if you say yes, then the 15 people you have hidden underneath your baseboards end up... Dead. Dead. Right. And therefore, you're accessory to murder. So I was just playing uh, the other way, because I sat at this class and we had this discussion, and I had um, Dr. Lederbach. He was very black and white, so... When God says, do not lie, is that a command for, a point? do you get to decide when a lie is a lie? Or does God define what a lie is a lie, is a lie I, at all times? I, th- I think if you're thinking through and looking at the full of the command mm-hmm. of love God and love neighbor, mm-hmm. is it loving to your neighbor to pretty much kill them because you said hey yes there i do have jews but then you could go and argue the other way are you loving god by disobeying one of his commands to i think i think yes if you're if you're following god's law and Mm -hmm. which you see rahab do the same Mm -hmm. thing too right yep if you're if you're following they they both you see these instances that god blesses that lie Mm -hmm. right? right blesses that outcome because they're focused on more of protecting God's people and Mm -hmm. the image bears rather than the other. Is there a third option? What to say, hey look a butterfly No. when asked the Um, question like or punch the dudes in the nose. Yeah, do you fight back to protect? I I guess you could, but I don't I don't see I think one one, if if that happens currently now, the blood of Christ covers a multitude of sins. Sure. And so, I, the, so I've heard the, kind of the idea. It's not about the letter of the law; it's the intent of the law. Well, I think I think there are different intents of the law, mm-hmm. like, um, "Thou shalt not covet 
So if your you, wife, you, you have you have la- you have later on yeah. uh, in First Timothy, mm-hmm. if you desire to be an overseer, yeah, mm-hmm. there's a desire there, mm-hmm. a coveting part of it, like you des- you really want to be an elder in the church, mm-hmm. is. But I don't. I would not say desire is necessarily saying it's coveting. Coveting okay. is. Well, I was, try, I was trying to don't. make a bad hypothetical. Well, I was just trying. I'd say that that I think that coveting would be something that you don't have, and you're willing to do whatever it takes to get it. You, you, know, you covet. You're jealous. You're jealous right. of something that you don't have. Right. I guess you can mind me say that desiring would be that. I'm, there's something I don't have, but I want. But I, I think there's a sense of jealousy, and I think that's even jealousy in the covetedness. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. But uh, um. So yeah. Anyway, I'm just pushing back a little because that's how I got pushed back. Right. I, I tend to agree with you, I think. I think Dr. Lederbach being a doctor in in this, really smart guy. Super smart. But I think he's wrong. Yeah, and I think a lot of us were kind of in the same boat. But there's some that were held to it. Um, I, did, I guess in some of that other can get into, like, so let's just say your wife <laughs> puts on something and uh, you, she, she um, asks you, does this make me look? Does this make me look ugly? Ugly or something. And it like does, that. and you don't want to hurt her feelings, right. and you're like, no, nah, so, sweetie. No, nah, sweetie, right? And you let her go out looking like a whale. Which, by the way, Beth, if you're listening to us, I don't, I've never done that. Yeah, same for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're in trouble now. Um, you brought it up. I did it's bring it up. Fault. It's my fault. Bethany and Courtney, it's on him. It's yeah. on him. Right. No, I mean, you know, I, I think. In a lot of situations, sometimes we have that dilemma of, in this, is it going to do, what, what is the gain of this? Is this going to be more hurtful? But sometimes, you know, we have to ask that question, is being true. Sharing truth and love. Right. Honestly, I think Courtney's at the point where I wouldn't, I wouldn't reply with, yeah, it makes you look fat. But, but I would, no, I would do the I'd same pr- thing. I'd probably reply, yeah, sweetie, that. It's uh, not, the, it's, not nah, the most flattering. Try, try something else. Yeah, right. You know. Right. I would too. She doesn't believe me. Well, that literally does. I, yeah. I I would tell her. I, it's it's that's not the best. Okay. But I th- I think the the better. I know you were trying to build a different argument. I think the better argument comes from, you know, we're looking at their protecting innocent yes. life. And in here is what I got to here is that plausible deniability. So they were being deceptive, mm-hmm. but she they didn't literally lie to the pharaoh. No, they told the women. Hey, wait till the last possible minute to. And then once we get there, you've already had the child. Game over. Like yeah. we don't have, we can't kill the child. So that's why we can say to him, "Hey, they've already had a baby. They're vigorous, um, and you know they can. You know, somebody will say, well, that's lying because there nobody. There's no difference between an Egyptian woman and a Jewish woman's uh, birth birth rate and how fast they have children. Um, right. But could it also be? I was thinking about this too. Could it also be that uh, it is actually true that God made them have children quicker so that the midwives really yeah. didn't have to. I yeah. Mean, and is the, that a miracle? I mean, probably a miracle like, where God's causing, which he's done already, be fruitful, multiply, and then he blesses them. So maybe he is, he's making them give birth faster and they're not lying. Mm-hmm. They can't, but they refuse to do it anyway. So they do say, no, we're not going to do that. And then you also see uh, Shifra and Pua. They're probably giving the old, uh, uh, gone with the wind line. I don't know nothing about birthing no babies, Mr. <laughs> Pharaoh. You know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I th- I think that's kind of what they're doing. Yeah. So, uh, uh, 
not to diminish maybe a miracle, but I think if there was a sure. miracle, it probably would have been said. Yeah, that's true too. That God yeah. caused them to have babies, really. Because I think that would then, but that strengthens the fact that they were obedient to God rather than to right. than to to Pharaoh. And so, you see, God ends up blessing them, gives them a house, gives house them their families, own, house of families. Because right. Pharaoh is based uh, the the uh, the word Pharaoh means a the house of honor. I forgot when I was reading it, but it does mean something of, of a house. So he has his own house. And ironically, throughout this whole text, God does the opposite of what Pharaoh intended. Yeah. Each and every time. All times. And then he does, he's going to do the opposite here in chapter two. But you decided to throw babies into the river. Guess what's coming out of the river? The very guy that's going to, a guy's going to use to bring them out. Right. Like, and and your, da- your daughter is going to pick him up and raise him as a child. Yes, ironic. Like you're gonna literally be. He's gonna be in your house the whole time. <laughs> just, just think about that. Like, <laughs> like when, <laughs> when, uh, when Moses came back and walked in there and said, "Let my people go." And he's like, "Oh, dude." He, you know, I get, I get, I get the uh, uh, image of the prince of Egypt. Uh-huh. Like he knew. Yeah, he knew that that was. The boy that ran around playing with his grandson, granddaughter, mm. growing his up. His daughter showed mercy, too. Mm. And in the house of Pharaoh, you're seeing a, uh, a girl show mercy upon a Hebrew child. She looks at the Hebrew child, and she doesn't obey the, the command no. to kill him. Well, mm. It's good stuff. Very good stuff. Well, we do all that we do. We go to seminary, become master of divines. We, uh, I guess, lie. Would that lie be put into this? <laughs> uh, anyways, we do. We obey God rather than man. Yeah, we obey God rather than man. To the praise, praise of, of his glory. glory.